finally got rid of her. Yeah, we can get up to loads of mischief now. Get into trouble. Definitely. <laughs> oh, Phil, this is recording and she'll watch this back in a minute. Oh, here she comes. The infamous Indivere Tatler. Oh, I'm sorry. I've already done mine. You need to take off that blurred effect. We can't tell where your head ends and the rest of your room starts. Most people can't anyway. <laughs> put on oh. my, my beauty light or what the bring light. Your ring light when you're bending over. Yeah, you'd have to stick a torch up your butt for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, get a screw or a bayonet. Oh, what do you think would be least painful for you? Screw, <laughs> I think. Don't want to know. Definitely the screw. Come on. <laughs> That would be painful. It could sound like you were talking from um, experience. Uh, no, Ryan, I was not talking from experience. No light bulbs have been harmed in the making of Indy. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I'm not even sure how that the works sun, in this context. The sun does not shine out of Indy's backside, is that what you're saying? It's true. As much as I want it to, it doesn't. Mm. Your, your LinkedIn the last two days has been on fire! Yeah, it has. It's like John's suddenly got time on his hands. Where are you finding this extra time? No, I finally actually had something interesting to say in my entire life. It's taken almost <laughs> the, 20 years of my professional career. The, <laughs> Rather than normally just being pretty snarky on other people's posts and saying, yeah. dick. Just, yeah. You just save that for the Facebook groups. Everyone wants a little bit of the tune time. Oh, they are. Oh, you need, you need to put that in your LinkedIn. Uh, Profile. Now, do you cannot see what Indy posted on my bloody LinkedIn about women of colour? Like, everyone has to be her friend. I'm not, I'm not, I saw she posted and it was like three paragraphs. I was like, oh, I'll get yeah. to read that later. It's too much. This is social media, yeah. right? You've got the attention span of a nap. Do you know, I actually Googled today because I was like, well, God, maybe I should also build my own awareness of other stereotypes. Actually. Yeah, so stop taking the so, piss out of us Northerners. I did, actually. I actually. Like, oh, all he likes is pies and gravy. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I did. It's like, what is the North-South divide about? And what is the, the correct name for a, a batch? Oh, for fuck's sake. You mean it like a tea cake or a balm or a, or a bin lid? Depends on where you are up North, because there's lots of different places. Lots of different places what about then? So is it is it a cob? What about a bun? Yeah, it could be. It could I be in some parts of the about. What are you talking about? She's talking a about roll. baps. Come on, a come on, Maris. A, a bread yeah. roll. Baps. She's getting her baps out. Boobs, that's what I call them. <laughs> no, 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 no. The flowery kind, made of flour and water. That's a calendar picture right there, isn't it? Flowery <clears throat> Digital baps. Digitals 2023. You'll be getting your flowery baps and buns out, will you? <laughs> Battered sausage. Oh, God, no. no. Okay, I don't want to go through that. Oh, talking of battered sausage. Don't say too much. I don't say anything to John anymore. I can only just blab it all over. Loose lips sink ships. John Toon. <laughs> Loose lips. Welcome to this week's Digitals in a Cruel World episode. We have got a slew of app news that has come out in the wake of Accountex, so we can't wait to bring you a few um, of the top pieces of news that you maybe heard already, but we've got some interesting little nuggets of information that we thought you might find a little bit more insightful. But before we kick into that, how are you, Ryan? How's your week been, Ryan? Yeah, week's been good. I'm still buzzing from Accountex, to be honest. It was a really, really good event. And as you say, lots of insights, not only at Accountex, but actually over the last couple of weeks that I want to dive into. Brilliant, yes. And he's all over LinkedIn. He's everywhere you look. Suddenly, John Toon has come alive. Toon, John Toon, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Indy. I, um, it's nice to hear that you feel that like you're a, 
a pro now. I'm good. I enjoy the Countex like everyone else. And I've just been busy since since then and looking forward to the next big show, which is going to be super exciting. Who's a pro? You. Why am I a pro? Because you said you were going to be professional. I am going to be professional. From now on, we are all going to be professional on these podcasts. No more messing around. We're cutting it right down because we, serious shit. <laughs> we are going to give you the real deal from now on. So who's got some interesting news and who wants to take it away? Cool. I guess I'll kick off first. So probably the biggest announcement at Accountix was that Sage has bought reporting platform Futurely. Probably a little bit out of left field. I know we like to predict things on the podcast, but I didn't see this one coming. I'm sure John did. John sees everything coming. Um, but he didn't. He definitely hasn't mentioned it on the podcast before. But this adds to that huge collection of uh, purchases that Sage has been doing, building that big Sage empire of cloud-based technology and linked to their big rebrand that we talked about recently. What are you giggling about? <laughs> I'm just being very immature. I've been trying to be professional. I'm like, when you said John sees everyone coming, I'm like, I've never seen you coming. I don't know. That's not what I want to see either. <laughs> Once John's collected himself. John, I think you've got some insights into how much Sage might have purchased Futurely for. So as it happens, the timing of Sage releasing their interim results the day after this announcement was quite handy because uh, I was straight onto their website looking on their investors page and in the tail end of their interim account. So it was disclosed that they had paid £20 million for Futurely. So quite interesting number in the context of some of the historical things. Clearly, we'll find out a bit more when their full accounts are released later in the year. Hopefully, we'll get a little bit more detail about how that deal was structured and whether it was cash up front or whether there's an earn out or a bit of both. But it's a big number. Do we think that they did well, futurely, in selling for such a, a large number? They've been around in the UK for quite some time, and there's lots of accounting firms that have adopted them to some extent, but I'm not sure they've won the hearts and minds of a lot of accounting firms. So my, my gut is it felt toppy when that came out, but just means that done a brilliant job of selling themselves to Sage. I'd agree with you. Personally, I, I maybe felt the same, Ryan, but the thing is we don't know the detail of what's going on in the background there. You know, where Sage have placed the value in terms of whether that's around the, the intellectual property that they've got for the platform or whether that's more around the customers and everything else. There were lots of rumours washing around after this, as there always are, and the only people that really know the truth of this are those people that are involved in the deal. I love the fact that they've come out firing on all cylinders and they're acquiring these really cool brands and they've done their own brand refresh as well. And it feels like it's a new age for them. So post account X wash up, having attended with both of you guys, I thought that it was really busy. There was a lot of people out in force in the industry. The after parties were incredible and very overwhelming at points. I felt like there was definitely a movement towards the payment financing we felt like there was more of a presence at accountex than i've ever seen in any previous year any thoughts yeah there was a huge buzz that is the best accountex i have been to pre i'd say pre-pandemic it felt like it was getting a bit stale but they completely refreshed it and yeah that's the one of the biggest atmospheres or buzzes i've seen at an accounting conference i thought it was brilliant and i've been talking to a lot of the app providers and they said they got a lot of value out of it there were some people that were signing up on the day to multiple deals but one thing that stood out to me was how busy the App Advisory Plus stand was. Most of the conference areas would fill their, their relevant area, but App Advisory Plus was usually out the doors and 
up to five to six people deep. So it seems that that digital transformation app advisory space is, is now getting a lot of attention. It's becoming more mainstream, at least the interest in it's becoming more mainstream. It's a good thing we're early adopters, eh? I would echo that because I had a a really hard slot, which was 10.15 on day two. And we were full and I could see people passing, stopping and saying hello. And I thought, wow, this was going to be significantly less people. But actually, it was hugely busy. Well, to put that in context, indeed, as I walked up to watch your talk, the other two conference areas that I walked past had two people in them. At 10.15 on the second day, I was still in bed, sleeping off the massive amount of beer that I drunk the night before. So there you go. I have, you a tiny, I have a tiny violin for you. Tiny, <laughs> tiny violin. I'm so, so sorry. I John. wasn't one of the crowd watching you, I'm afraid, didn't you? But I echo your thoughts. Accountex was absolutely bouncing. And, the, and there's definitely a bit of a post-COVID bounce to that. We've had a few shows in the last, I don't know, seven or eight months as the restrictions have been easing, which you know, have been a bit of a mixed bag. But there was a lot of really interesting stuff there. It was good to see some of the really big incumbents like CCH and Iris and and, and others out in force. Some of the newer or more confident, shall we say, ERP solutions like Hyplicit there as well. So I think a lot of people got a lot out of it. And and I enjoyed myself. So that's all that really matters as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'll definitely say you enjoyed yourself, John. It was very hard keeping up with you um, on that day. There was a couple of new apps I hadn't seen in the marketplace um, that I just wanted to mention First one is hedge flows, and that was all about forecasting for foreign exchange and hedging. It was a really interesting tool. And then there was another one called uh, BI, and spelled B-E-E-Y-E, which is very similar to carbon from that practice management aspect. Um, I've talked to them since. Really interesting tool coming across from Canada. So I think we'll be seeing them a lot more in the UK over the coming months. And again, something that you and I picked up, Brian, at Accountex, at BTC have launched some cloud suite of products. We went along to talk to them a little bit about. Um, now, the statement was that they're 100% cloud now, but I think we asked a few questions on this and maybe it is more to do with just the self-assessment MTD fits a piece that is moving to the cloud. Am I right, Brian? Yeah, so that was the only bit that was available that they could demonstrate and say was live as of account text. They were building out the other areas, such as accounts, uh, corporation tax, etc. but they weren't expecting that to the earliest being the summer. So interesting style of marketing, saying that they've gone full cloud. I think they were going full cloud. But, you know, we've been waiting for some of these vendors to start releasing cloud products, and it's good to see BTC bringing something to that their marketplace. And in a similar vein, we saw that Iris took the lid off their element suite, that as they called it, which that announcement was coincided with Accountex as well, and they were pushing that quite hard on their stand. So this is effectively Iris's fruition of the journey, taking their products from desktop and on-prem onto the cloud. And uh, we've seen early doors of this uh, anyway for those that are already Iris users, or I've looked at some of the products as they've had some of the Iris element suites that's been available during 2021, mainly around things like anti-money laundering and some of those bits and pieces. But they made the full announcement that they're going to bring the rest of the suite online. So they're going to end up with all of their accounts production, income tax 
corporate tax, practice management, et cetera. And obviously in the mix there, you've got products like Centre and TaxCalc and other bits and pieces that they've acquired along the way, some of which are already fully cloud, some of which are partway on the journey, but they've said that those products will now be fully part of that Iris element suite. And it's up to the users of those products when they want to switch across. So it's a great development from Iris. They're probably the first mid-market suite to have got there, although I know that it's not fully launched uh, until around about July time because there's still some testing to be done. Interestingly, what I read about the announcement was that they're talking about some of the stuff we mentioned about Sage and then they've bought, bought Futurely and bought GoProposal in the past is that Iris have built their own product for that onboarding and quoting part of that client journey that we all have. So interesting to see that they've gone down that route and don't know whether that's a direct reaction to what Sage have done or whether that was something that they've had planned for a while. It's clearly an area of opportunity for these suites to provide a way of making it easy for us to get clients on board. I've got to admit, I'm going to be a bit dubious that the level of complexity of their accounting and tax will meet the level of complexity of their server-based or desktop-based systems because most of this mid-tier has struggled to do that. But fingers crossed, fingers crossed that it is very powerful when it comes out. Well, that's the proof in the pudding, isn't it? I think it's like if they've got a full accounts production suite that will run for a mid-tier firm like us that covers every eventuality that we need from not just the 105 and the 10218, everyone's kind of got that. I know that's very glib to say that, but they do. But what about the full 102, the IFRS, the 101 stuff, the charities, the schools, whatever else? As soon as somebody gets out in the market, I swear to God, you're going to have a hundred of the top hundred firms knocking down your door, just trying to snatch your arm off to, to get that product in because that'll be a massive game changer. Definitely a huge differentiator and will grab a lot of attention. So hopefully we can bring more information on this in the future pod. But something else that was launched at Accountex was Swoop's Accountant Portal. So if you listen to any of our earlier podcasts, we've talked about Swoop. They're very similar to funding options and capitalized, but also deal with grant funding. They've been working on their accountant portal for about a year, I think, developing it out. They've fully released this now, and they have CPD credits that you can achieve through working through the portal. They've got a free version and a paid version, and you kind of need to delve into it to work out what's the best fit for you. But definitely a shout out to Sam Squared, uh, which is Sam Horner and Sam Grinley, I think. I'm, I'm terrible with names. I'm sure I've got that wrong. But yeah, for, and this is completely unrelated to tech news, but they were giving out a blue little piggy bank and my daughter loves it. So big shout out to them. Well, just as a bit of an aside to that as well, Sam Tasker Grinley, if I remember rightly, I think he's just been appointed the vice president of the Institute of Chartered Accountants in, in Yorkshire or Humberside. I can't quite remember exactly. But yeah, so he was rocking like a big expensive medallion the other day on LinkedIn, which is quite impressive. I didn't see it when I saw him face to face the other day, unfortunately. I believe they still have that. Retro, isn't it? Love it. Anyway, in other news, Zero announced their financial results for financial year 2022. So they're a March year end. And there's some interesting highlights from that release. So their operating revenues had increased by 29% to 1.1 billion. New Zealand dollars, very impressive gains. They said that total subscribers had also increased by 19%. So they've got now 3.3 million subscribers, which just shows you the power of, of, of the product and stuff. And as an aside, you know, when I looked at the Sage interim results as part of the Futurely deal, it was really interesting to see that they're pushing really hard to move their legacy stuff onto, onto cloud, onto SaaS to try and ratchet those. And then, you know, the other bits and pieces that came out of the zero numbers was that their EBITDA had increased as well. 
and free cash flow is pretty, pretty good. So it just kind of shows that they've probably moved on from that early stage development phase of life where they were spending lots of money on, on getting that product speed, now generating cash, but also generating sufficient cash to reinvest. And I think that's really important. And you and I, Ryan, had, had a lunch with Zero a few weeks ago where Steve Famos, the CEO, was there. And it was quite interesting to listen to him talk about the fact that they are looking to invest a bit more in some of their products. And I've got high hopes for some interesting announcements at ZeroCon in a couple of months' time. Uh, fingers crossed it's not more reporting. Uh, I definitely need something of more interest than just a new reporting template coming out of Zero. So come on, Zero. I guess as a good comparison, Intuit released their third quarter results as well, and they have grown total revenue by 35%, but that includes the MailChimp acquisition, which wasn't in the results in the prior year. So taking that out, it was grown by 29%, which seems to match what Zero is growing at. That seems to be the rate that they all grow at the moment. QuickBooks Online, though, had grown by 32%, so seeing a lot of growth in there. I think this is driven mostly by the US market. I've not got the breakdown in the UK market, but gut feel is it's not been doing as well as the US counterpart has. So pivoting away, Square have now launched uh, tools for their commerce apps, and this is mostly regarding their APIs. So they've released two new API connections, one regarding bookings and the other regarding checkout. So this is how different businesses and will uh, operations will integrate into the Square app to book appointments within the app and also to check out directly via text the website and utilizing the internal dashboard. So different developments from Square all focusing on functionality that was already there but releasing the API so other businesses could connect in. Oh, missed it. Sorry. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> sorry. Just dropping my phone. I was trying to take a picture. I had, a, I had another classic indie pose frozen in time on my other screen, and then I missed it, and then I dropped my phone. <laughs> you can have interesting editing, indeed. <laughs> All I got was a blurry picture of my screen. So I've, I've got some, guess what, open banking news. Who'd have thunk it? So GoCardless have announced a really interesting tie-up with a product called Nude, which is a savings app for first-time buyers. And the exciting part of this announcement is the fact that this is the first implementation of VRP, so variable recurring payments. So that's the new payments technology that's, that's going to be fully rolled out, fully authorized from July. It's going to sit alongside things like direct debit and, and probably going to have some use in e-com as well, where we know that, that, that e-com sites in particular are seeing Cart's been abandoned because of the friction that we've now got with some of the credit card verification requirements. So effectively, this allows a, a user of the Nude app who has a lifetime ISA in there to link that direct to the bank account so you can make those regular payments as, as you contribute to that. And that's going to be how it works. And I also saw in other news, actually, that there's a really interesting tie-up with GoCardless NatWest and uh, a charity here in the UK to enable regular donations to be made to that charity using their bits of technology. Clearly, GoCardless, absolute rock star in the fintech space. And one of my favorite apps in terms of being able to collect payments from people. And I will say it again that NatWest are possibly the most interesting high street bank in terms of the technology. And I think it was all triggered by the free agent acquisition all those years ago. I'd have to say, John, apart from you always talking about open banking, nude open banking is definitely you taking it to a new level. It's my expected operating model in the future. I'm going to you know, roll it out. Nude accounting, nude auditing, 
anything like that. It's going to make stock takes a whole whole you know new world. <laughs> I can't. Just make just make sure there's no sharp implements around at the time, <laughs> <laughs> or it's particularly cold. Oh, come on, Indy. Look, what it's your bit. Why are you not? Why are you not having to talk? Just like, what are you doing? I've just got to give it a I've bit of a stretch. Sort of mental images running through my head, like, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to think about nude auditing. We, we, now, have it, we, now, have, we now have a title for the, uh, for the pod. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, It'll yes. be like, safe, safety glasses are a requirement for nude auditing, you know, just, <laughs> just in case people turn around really quickly. Are those, are those with magnifying lenses? <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> give me strength. This edit is going to be so much yeah. fun. Let's um, wait till you get right. onto new tax. To business. Hey, by the way, though, um, strippers are allowed to tax deduct their uh, their clothes. So, thank you for that really helpful tidbit of information. Thanks. Thanks. The tidbit. 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 Coconut <laughs> launches. We got a lovely bunch. <laughs> lovely. Coconut launches a UK accountant advisory board to solve its ITSA challenges. So Coconut is a tax app for sole traders. And I think it started its life in more of that neobanking space, but has since pivoted, shifted and moved back into what is like a simple bookkeeping and tax accounting software. And they have pulled together an advisory board to help them get themselves ready for MTD. It's and obviously, I guess that they've been making some other moves within this space. On the last pod, we announced that they were doing something with Tide, if I'm not mistaken. And they've obviously had some updates as well. So, John, want to comment on that? Not, not specifically, but we've also seen that Tide and Sage made an announcement. And they've got a tie-up now to bring the tied banking technology together with the sage accounting and tax technology again another interesting move from sage uh, enables any tied user who are generally non-fat registered sole traders to start doing that year-end compliance process potentially from within the app fascinating to see we're going to see more and more of this as we go along over the next uh, few months and obviously the noise around mtd for itza is going to get louder and louder Oh, I've got something from Accountancy Manager. They have now launched the ability to file CSO1s directly from within the software. So that's your annual confirmation statement for different businesses. And they've made it incredibly streamlined. Basically, Accountancy Manager will pull down the information that's already logged on company's house, ping that across to the client with your authorization to check that, that what's filed is correct. That comes back through any changes that need to be made. And you can file that and the filing fee directly across to companies out. So a really streamlined but simple release that I think is going to make a, a big impact on anyone that's using Accountancy Manager. That would actually be a big selling point for their platform. Yeah, it's a good move. I'm, I'm pretty certain I was told that it was powered by Informed Direct on a white label basis. I could be wrong there, but everyone knows that Informed Direct is the best Coast Tech software in the world. So um, why wouldn't you use that to power your system? There are other Kosek software out there, but I agree with John Weaves. So the rest of it is shit, isn't it? That's probably... <laughs> uh, but you, there are other Kosek softwares out there. However, a good number are underpinned by the Informed Direct Kosek software. Cool. So Fathom have released an integration into Google Sheets. This is to improve the ability to bring in the non-financial data in a more automated fashion. So if you've been using Fathom, they can drag your financial information directly out of the accounting software, but getting non-financial data has always been an Excel import. So this 
integration into Google Sheets will be quite powerful. Something slightly different is that Deputy, so Deputy is a staff management tool that integrates into some of the payroll platforms, it deals with rotors, holiday management, etc. Adding employees to Deputy has been quite a painful process, but they have now launched a new onboarding tool that enables you to collect all that information in a very easy format. I've just suddenly realised that Ryan's got a bit of a sort of like three musketeers vibe going on. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Yes, actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Have we not seen that before? With what? With just always, I've got that. Well, it's because you've got this dark time. Oh, on, this. You know. I mean, you've known me for like a year. and Well, admittedly, theirs are all like dark brown and longer. I think you should Ninja just grow musketeers. your moustache must- <laughs> out, yeah. yeah, and then we can... Like, get some moustache wax. Yeah, if you carry a sword as well. <laughs> I carry a sword at all times. It's just, more of a um, chipolata. <laughs> you, you only get to experience that when I get hired at, into your nude accounting business. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Ryan, I'd love to talk about one of our cornerstone sponsors, Comma. You're a bulk payments platform built in open banking, which, as you know, is my favourite subject. But would you like to fill us in a little bit more about what they do? Yeah, well, I see Comma as a pioneering app in the bank payment space. They're built on the open banking payment rails. They connect to all of the major cloud accounting platforms and most of the high street banks, pulling information from one system through into the other one to automate that process gives you visibility of all your payments and with one click bulk and scheduled payment runs and they focus on security and time saving and because it's built on open banking it's a single fixed fee so no matter how much you use it it doesn't increase based on transaction volume oh that's excellent and if anyone is interested in finding out a bit more about comma or even signing up to the platform you can go to their website which is usecomma.com that's u-s-e-c-o-m-a.com and you'll find out more about the platform and how to get on board. So Cresco have launched a partner programme. The inaugural partner session is going to be on June the 16th, and they cover a few things in terms of how Cresco works, opening an account for your clients, how it can save time and money, and how um, you can benefit from the actual partner programme they've launched. Cresco, partner launch. Woo! Love it. You are right there, Indy? Just keep winding. <laughs> wind those cogs, John. Wind the cogs back up. Honestly, I feel alive now. It's like it's, oh, it's, it's going to be this is the most exciting I've been all day. Oh, I know. You're a night owl. That's why nocturnal. <sighs> Tell me about it. Alrighty then. So Zero have updated the quote system in the product, which is great news. And you can now send, uh, or you can now add files and then send them as email attachments to your quotes so that's a pretty neat little way of making that feature a little bit more valuable so particularly i suppose if you're in some of the trades where you might have uh, drawings or something else that needs to go with the the financial side of a quote it really enables you to sort of switch that up a little bit and you can add things like inventory items you can also add new accounts and new currencies at the at the quoting stage as well which is a functionality that wasn't available there. so uh, a great little add there from zero just to make life a bit more simple for, for smaller businesses. So another little update from Zero as well is that the Stripe app has been launched into the Zero marketplace. And again, great news. It's, a, it's another iteration of the, of the Zero marketplace. And this is a way of making that Stripe and Zero 
integration and that experience a little bit more effective. But this is something that we're starting to see more and more of actually from Zero, who are you know, focusing in on, on e-commerce solutions. We've, we've seen a Shopify integration, which I must admit, I'm not a great fan of. And this is a Stripe integration to try and make that process a little bit easier. Because for anyone that's used Stripe with Zero, you'll know that the bank feed has always been a pretty solid piece of kit and it's usually worked pretty well, but there's always a challenge around, sometimes around reconciliation and about also if you're creating transactions from another source that are then bouncing into Stripe that come into Zero, managing that process and reconciling that process can be a little bit of a challenge. So it's a neat little feature. Must admit, not tried it yet, but I will be doing. And I will be uh, feeding back as honestly as ever I do on the app marketplace. Cool. And then the founder of Crunch Accounting, I think most people in the UK accounting industry have heard of Crunch, has now launched a new tool called Orderly, is I think how you pronounce it. So A-U-D-E-R-L-I, which is designed to be a one-stop repository for clients to store all of their personal finance information. Basically, they're designing an online life management tool or personal finance development tool. There was something that came over from Australia uh, a few years back, which the name has completely escaped me, but it was doing the same. So it links into your bank accounts, links into or details on your property, mortgages, investments and pensions, etc. And creates like a balance sheet basically for your, your personal life. Free Agent have opened its MTD for its uh, pilot program and they're encouraging uh, many of their practice partners to come forward and try um, and enter into the pilot scheme. Obviously the the legislation comes into effect in April 2024 so this allows a little bit of time for practice partners to get used to the process and join that and most people would probably agree that is sensible to do given what happened with MTD for VAT so that's open for using free agent so freshbooks announced the launch of their app store with over 100 apps and automations built into it so again for anyone that's familiar with the zero marketplace and the, the quickbook space this is a replication of what we kind of come to expect now with cloud accounting apps so good news if you're a freshbooks user uh 100 apps and integrations it feels a little bit sagey to me if i was to be unkind and for a product that's dominating the Canadian market and really, really pushing, we need to see much more from this product and we need to see more integrations because whilst 100 might be good, we know that if you're wanting to uh, get into lots of different product areas, lots of different business areas, then you've got to have more integrations that will work for those operation requirements that different types of businesses will have. So the manufacturers, the stockholding businesses, the charities, et cetera. So good news. It's a start, but as we've seen with Sage, is that that doesn't sell your product over and above the competitors. Something else that came up, so we covered it on a previous pod. It was the um, launch of the Help to Grow digital scheme. There's been a handful of different representatives from the accountancy and tech um, world who have met with the Business Energy and Industrial Strategy Common Select Committee to speak about the success of so of this rollout of the Help to, to Grow scheme, which opened up in January. Um, we touched on it back then. It was quite restrictive in terms of how many softwares were actually in the platform. And the scheme is designed to then encourage the adoption of technology by offering discounts of up to £5,000 for small businesses to look at digital accounting or CRM softwares. But there was only a handful of people in it back then at best. 
And when you compare that to something like HMRC, where you've got the softwares listed under the MTD criteria, there's 500 vendors. So there was a bit of negative noise and feedback on that to say maybe well-intentioned, but not really working. This is just another classic government scheme, isn't it? You know, great idea. Really great for us as accountants who advise on how to adopt digital technology. And, and, and it created a potentially massive opportunity. And then it absolutely got, you know, the sucker punch was that you could choose effectively about six different pieces of software. When, as we all know, you know the issue with moving to cloud is that people are being overwhelmed because there's too much choice. So get that bloody choice on the website so that, you know, they can, so that businesses can take proper advice around what the best options are for them, rather than just having a restrictive list of, to be perfectly honest, some fairly inadequate products. I've got some super exciting news as well. So this is possibly my most favorite fundraise of the year so far, is that Circuit raised 6.5 million euros fairly recently. For those people that don't know Circuit, number one, you probably need to be an auditor because it's an audit piece of software. And what they do is they're trying to challenge confirmation.com on one side who are doing bank audit letters and that that sort of thing, but then also implementing open banking technology to to assist with you know, the trendy stuff that we're seeing in, in audit at the moment, which is all around data analytics and using that in a more sophisticated way to, to ease the burden on, on auditors in terms of the testing that we have to do. Now, I got an early heads up of this, this funding because I was involved in discussions with the, the PE teams that were putting the money in. So I, I've been aware of this for probably about two months now, but I'm really, really excited and I'm really pleased for David and the team at Circuit because I think they've got a really unique product. It's so unique that other people in the market are starting to copy what they do. So that really proves that they've got something there and that their competitors are concerned about the potential advantage they've got. And this will help them to uh, invest more in the product. It will help them to invest more into marketing that product and getting it out into the hands of other people. And I've been beta testing some of the other bits and pieces that they've got in there, which will be launching soon. And I'm can totally tell you that they blow me away and I really love what they do. To see you so excited about this, John, I'm now very intrigued. I know I don't do audit anymore, but I kind of want to play with it and see, and see what it can do. Like some of the nicest people in tech as well. I know so it's genuinely deserved. They really have, especially in uh, Brody, Sarah Broderick, who is lovely and amazing. Another bit of news that came up UK fintech Atom Bank who's a challenger bank is reportedly considering a US public listing because they've had growing interest from a New York-based SPAC which is a special purpose acquisition company for those that don't know much about that it's a company that has no commercial operation and is formed to strictly raise capital through either an IPO or the purpose of acquiring or merging it with another company. So there's a couple of companies that have done it from the UK before. And if Hudson Bank was to list, then it would be amongst Kazoo and Vertical. I think it's interesting because we've seen quite a lot of fintech IPOs on the London Stock Exchange. And it's slightly strange that um, Atom have decided to go down this route and maybe seek a, a listing in New York. And also go down the, the SPAC route as well, because for anyone that's aware of kind of like what's been going on with the US politics, it's the, the vehicle of choice for Donald Trump to raise his money. And I think the guy who's behind uh, this potential SPAC that Atom Bank wants to use is also affiliated with him. So yeah, there's potentially some difficult challenges there for Atom if they go down this route and use that because they could have some fallout from their customer base. Perhaps the deal is said to be worth 700 million. 
which would make Atom Bank a, a good fintech success story for um, the UK. So there's that. And then Fresho has raised $14 million to re-enter the US. So Fresho are a, an online ordering platform that connects suppliers to venues. So things like restaurants, hotels, and whatnot. And we were, we are due to speak at the digital accounting show. And Fresho was one of the ones that we wanted to kind of make a little name drop for. So I don't know if you guys have a little bit more that you want to share on them. Yeah, I, I, it is one of my new favorite apps. So there you go. So I love Fresh Air. And what the guys do, new in the UK, they've got boots on the ground in the UK just in the last few few months. And it's nice to see another Aussie business like get into the UK. And they're up in Manchester, which is good as well. But no, it's good news. From a food and beverage type business who wants to go and order fresh food in particular, like Fresh Air is the platform of choice now if you're tech savvy and interested in these kind of things. And another one, then account to account payments. So we've got token.io who have raised $40 million to expand their open banking based account to account payments in Europe. So likely comparison is TrueLayer and they raised a big round of $130 million, a valuation of more than $1 billion last year. This is more to expand its own particular push in the payment tech space something that you're a big fan of as well, John Toon. So I don't know if you want to cover anything more. Well, I mean, I think this is a really interesting raise because with all the talk of open banking, particularly in the UK, we still have a challenge around the payments. They're not massively covered by, by the open banking rules and, and the technology that's available at the moment, but token has the potential to open that up. And there's a great opportunity for us here in the UK and within Europe, because that's where you know, all of this regulation has come from in the first place. So if token can make a success of mainland Europe, you know, inter-country transactions, there's absolutely no reason why we can't strap onto that and, and then enable that. And the next, the next layers of those will then be obviously going into other countries where open banking has been rolled out. So Australia and Singapore, Canada, US, et cetera. Modular secures 108 million in a series C raise. Most people who have worked with Modular before know it's all about embedded payments. They've been expanding great guns across Europe. So they've had some enviable existing investors in Blenheim, Chalcott, Frog Capital, PayPal Ventures and a few others. So they've really got that product market fit there. Cool. And a quick one from me, and they're not, directly tied to UK accounting, but the Access Group, who most people will know in the UK, have gone and purchased Reckon's accountants division over in Asia Pacific for $100 million. The reason I mention it is because there's been a lot of talk about some consolidation in the accounting space and um, Access have started this over in the Asia Pacific region uh, by buying Reckon. If you I've heard, I've not heard of Reckon. They were over in the UK, um, had quite a big presence in the UK, They're not visible anymore. But they were pushing into that small accounting space, similar to like Zero QuickBooks and Sage. And finally, Mismart have launched their crowdfunding campaign. They look like they are raising a small round, 500,000, and they are giving about 3% away. So valuation of around 15 million as it stands. So I thought that was insightful based on the current turnover and revenue that they report on. It's 30 times. We wish them a lot of luck with it, but it sounds like 
any fintech that's trying to raise at the moment is probably going to find it quite hard anyway. So it's interesting they chose a crowdfunding route for this. Yeah, it definitely makes you think, have they gone down this route because they're struggling the more direct route? Obviously, we've been talking about lots of fundraisers. There's lots of funding going on at the moment. And Namisma have taken a different approach. Is that to stand out? Is that to create some marketing, some awareness around the product? Or is it just because this is the only way they can secure that level of funding, especially with the huge multiple that you're talking about? Interesting one. And I guess hopefully we'll have more information on the success of that going forward. I'm a big fan of a crowdfund. Obviously, for people who got in early days with things like Free Agent, they crowdfunding originally before getting bought out by NatWest RBS. And yeah, I will be scrutinizing the numbers to see whether it's worthwhile chucking some money at Namisma or not. But I do agree with you, India. We know that there's been a lot of fundraisers of late, but that we also have seen that capital is drying up. And the term that's been used now is capital efficient funding that's coming through from the various VCs and equity groups. We are seeing that valuations are getting chopped as a result. So those people that are funded are going to have to extend their cash runways out a bit longer. Might not be able to go back and tap up for more without certain success. That wraps up another episode this week on Digitals in a Cruel World. Uh, Thank you for listening and thanks for giving us any feedback directly to myself, Ryan or John. We do share it amongst ourselves and we had a great little bit of feedback from Adam Gins at Nefos who had said that he's struggled to get into other accounting podcasts before but the way that we seem to cut through and editing of some of our naughty banter is enjoyable that's always handy to know so thanks for that if anyone else feels otherwise you're always welcome to share your opinions we do take them on board and we hope that we never offend anyone who listens to the podcast we take it on board and we do appreciate it so give us a thumbs up give us a review or just share some comments with us. And we will be at Digital Accounting Show for anyone that is going along to see us. We're going to be on a stage together live. You'll see us completely unedited, but not nude. So thanks again and tune into the next one.